It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners here in the studio. With me is my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. So when planning for retirement, what are the most confusing areas that often trip people up? It turns out the most confusing areas are connected to some of the most important decisions and ones that have painful consequences if you get them wrong or make a mistake. So we're going to bring clarity to that confusion on this episode of Wise Money. That's right. That's right. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, you have any needs, we can help. We can whatever. Just reach out. We'd uh, we'd, we'd be happy to. Call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Your CFP is sort of, um, it, this could be confusing. Well, why do you need a CFP? And every single week, we're telling you there's six areas to your financial life. You've got to look at all six of those areas to make great decisions. But if we were to, you know, uh, just ignore all the technical mumbo jumbo, your CFP should be bringing you clarity about your finances, confidence about your finances, and creativity, creative strategies, things that you hadn't already thought of. That's what your CFP should be delivering. And if they're not, or if you don't have a CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning, that leads to another C, and that is confusion. Specifically, saw an article recently about the five biggest areas of confusion when planning for retirement, and it was good. It wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> it was it was good, and, and, and it inspired the topic for today with our kind of collective, what, you know, five decades of financial planning experience. What would we say are the most confusing items when you're about to make the biggest financial decision of your life. And so out of five or six or, or so, and we're going to save the biggest one to the end. But to me, when I think of confusion and retirement, the first thing that comes to mind is Medicare. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It, it's one of those, um, man, anytime you've got a government bureaucracy that has created a system that you don't really experience until decades into your life. It's not like you got some practice along the way on how this thing works and what are the rules and, and all of that. It's just, hey, I reach a certain age or I, I step into retirement, I, I hit a certain milestone, and all of a sudden my whole world changes from what I knew and understood and maybe even liked to yeah. now this new thing, this Medicare thing. And and then on top of that, you know, every time we talk about Medicare, we're, we're talking about how um, Medicare itself doesn't cover everything you need it to. So you've got to, to kind of piecemeal together different coverages and everything. So my goodness, um, I, I'm not sure after how, how long we've been doing this, like eight seasons now into our ninth, ninth season. Ninth of the ninth season. And I, I think we still haven't um, fully um, taken away the confusion on Medicare, but hopefully we can continue to chip away on that. We've right got a, we've got a few episodes, by the way, and we've had several health insurance experts on that that um, help to demystify that. But yeah. yeah, if you if you were going to um, if you were an alien and you were just beaming in from outer space and you looked at how we do it, like you basically do 
medical insurance, which that, and if you go back to the roots of that, you would say, is that, is that really, should that really be like a company's right. issue or, or not? And so, you, okay, so there's, you know, questions about that. And, and that was really a, a way to get around the, um, the salary caps back in World War II. And so you say, okay, because uh, so, the, the company said, hey, we'll just offer more benefits. That's how companies started doing health insurance. And so then you say, well, do we, is, is health insurance the, the right way to go? And then you say, well, this is what I know. I do it a certain way my entire life until I turn 65. And then at 65, when, and, and um, I saw it saying the other day, if you want to make someone not like you, uh, suggest a change. And, um, and there's a meaningful change at 65 yeah. for how you do healthcare. And there's incredible confusion over coverage limitations and gaps. And it covers all this except for that. So you need to buy this to cover that. And it costs this unless you make that. And then it costs more. And so people, it, it is, it can be very frustrating. Um, and it's just, it's, I guess it's just part of the system. At, at, at age 65, when you think of your financial operating system, there's you get a new system dropped in and you have to update. There's uh, This is such a, a, a significant area of confusion. We can't spend the entire episode diving in and, and explaining all the differences, but at a high level... Uh, there, you know, one of the things that makes this confusing is when you say or hear the word Medicare, you could mean a couple different things. Yeah. It's the same word. It means d there's different meanings to it. And um, traditional Medicare is Medicare Part A, B, D, and then a supplement to fill in the gaps. Okay. And by the way, the supplements have different plans to them, and those are awful. Also. Uh, labeled with the alphabet. And those supplements come from private insurance companies, not from the government, like Part A, Part B, and Part D do. Correct. And then, so that's traditional Medicare. That's what most people do. But there is a, there's, for some, they see an advantage in going with the other part of Medicare, which is Medicare Part C, which is Medicare Advantage. And that is where you're paying for Part B, but you're sort of opting out and going with Part C, and that is your entire Medicare is managed by a, a health insurance company. So that's the biggest health insurance decision you're going to make in your life. You're eligible at age 65, unless you've got a couple of other circumstances, been permanently disabled for at least 24 months, end-stage renal disease, a, a few of those sorts of things. So for most of us, it's age 65. If you're still working and are covered by a qualifying or, or creditable coverage uh, workplace retirement plan, you can delay that. You can stay on your employer's plan, but then when you retire, you've got a very small window. You got to jump on Medicare. So, so yeah. And guys, it's very different. It's very different than what you were used to. It is. And it could be better than what you're used to as yeah. well. So confusing, complicated, um, maybe a moving target from the pricing standpoint, depending on, uh, what tax, uh, income level you're, you're at. Um, all of that can make it a little bit of a moving target from a planning perspective as well. But I tell people all the time, listen, when you get to retirement and you put in place all these layers of insurance, and yes, they're going to uh, cost some money. We build that into the, the forecast for your retirement, almost like a, another budget item in retirement. 
But when you have that in place, most of our clients report to us, man, this is the best insurance I've ever had. Mm -hmm. You know, after some major medical event, they're waiting (laughs) for the bills to roll in and they don't. Right. I got a knee replacement. It was 50, the bill was $56,000 and I had to pay 62. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you, how do you avoid the confusion? And number one is through that financial planning process, your CFP is they're helping you prepare and plan for retirement. They're going to be talking about, they should have a placeholder in, in your plan about here's how much it will typically cost for your health insurance. And they'll start teaching, explaining a little bit of the Medicare system. But guys, what would you say 12 months before you were you're to get on Medicare, maybe, uh, you know, by the time you're 64, start having that discussion with a health insurance expert. And we would argue you need to be collaborating your your CFP and that health insurance expert should be collaborating. Yeah, I actually would disagree with that a little bit, Mike. I I think when you hit 55 and I don't I don't know what um, exactly the perfect age is, but there's a point in time where career wise, you're likely towards the top of of what you're going to be earning and your kids are likely out of the house. They may already be educated. You may have paid for a marriage and they're finally getting off the dole. And so now you have greater income than ever. And, and you're starting to ask some of the questions, hey, wh- how much, uh, all these questions that are related to re- retirement planning, yeah. but you should say, hey, from 55 to 65, what will my healthcare coverage look like? And you wanna be working with your certified financial planner who can explain it to you, because I don't know about you, but um, at 55 myself, I need to hear things several times. Yeah. Your CFP along the way, as they're doing planning in that retirement red zone, those final stages, they're going to be explaining this. They're going to be teaching it. They're going to be preparing you. And then, just like Kevin said, about a year before, that's when you'll want to sit down with a <laughs> with a health insurance Ten expert. Ten years prior. All right. Start thinking. All right. So what are the other areas of confusion? We've got several that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Medicare is one of the most confusing parts about retirement. What are the other areas that cause the most confusion and and how can you solve them? How can you have confidence and clarity? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, Go check it out. Kevin turned me on to an unbelievable podcast recently. Founders. And I, we're, that's oh, not a plug. Oh. But my goodness, if you're entrepreneurial, hey, if you are. We'll put a link in the description my below. My goodness. It is. Lindsay, don't miss awesome. that. So Yeah, that's where, good. Wherever you listen to podcasts, search The Wise Money Show. Subscribe. Follow us there. That would be fantastic. Okay. We're talking about the areas of retirement or planning for retirement that uh, that that bring the most confusion. And if your CFP doing comprehensive financial planning, if their job is to bring clarity, confidence, and creativity, well, working with the CFP, guess what, is going to help demystify all of these areas. First one we talked about was Medicare. 
terribly confusing, the biggest health insurance decision you're going to make in your life, and it is very different than what you've experienced before. We were even joking, giving Kevin a hard time at the break about, well, even the cost is confusing. So you need to be aware of that early on, not not an, not just a year before. You need to be planning ahead for what that cost could be. It needs to be baked into your financial plan. You need to be strategizing. The, the second thing that I would say, we would say is one of the most confusing issues with retirement is how much do I need to be saving? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, this, this, this is confusing right out of the gate, mm-hmm. 21 years old. How much do I need to be saving? It's confusing at 63. Am I saving the right amount? Am I saving enough? Or do I have enough saved up as right. well? It, it's all about, well, what size nest egg is it going to take to support me when I don't have a paycheck supporting me anymore? And man, it, it is foundational to probably the biggest question that we hear from clients as they're approaching retirement. I mean, in a nutshell, we have people all the time. In fact, I wish I had a count on how many folks come in and their major uncertainty, maybe even anxiety is, man, can I do this thing called retirement? Am I ready? Do I have enough? Do I have enough? Yeah, we're actually going to be breaking that down, some recent data survey, all that sort of stuff next week's show. So, So make sure you tune into that. You know, there, there's a lot of people who have tried to boil this concept of how much do I need to have saved or how much do I need to be saving down into just rules of thumb. You know, certain multiple of your, your earnings by the time you get to such and such an age or just save this percentage of your paycheck and do it for your whole career, you'll be fine. And that may be a, a good starting point just to get people into the habit of saving, get them in the pattern and the rhythm of just always setting aside a portion of every paycheck for this longest term goal, this, this huge goal of retirement. But at the end of the day, everybody's retirement plan is different, right? Yep. Everyone has a different picture of what that stage of life is going to look like and, and therefore what what kind of cost is going to be involved? What resources is it going to take for you to be able to achieve that picture of your retirement? And so the cookie cutter approach of just save X percent, and, and probably the most common one that we would hear is 15%. Yeah, Most but, people are, are way below that when they get yeah, started. Yeah. But what were you going to say? Something? Well, I was going to say, even there's confusion around that because oftentimes you might hear, Dave Ramsey say 10%. I think he's now saying 15%, but they're saying, including your match. I would say, no, match is bonus on top. You do 15%. But Josh, you're completely right. That that number of how much you need to be contributing, that is dependent upon several other factors. All of these areas of confusion that we're, that we're talking about, it depends on those. Well, are you going to have to pay three times as much for your Medicare than mm-hmm. the normal person because you've got Irma. Well, that's mm-hmm. going to influence. If, if you do, then mm-hmm. you're going to have to save up even more. Mm-hmm. If you want to retire at 55, well, it that could happen, but you've got to save up even more. If you have a very low standard, like like standard of living, you don't need a lot. You're pretty, you're pretty frugal and pretty content. Well, maybe you don't need to save up as much. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pension? It, so, so many different factors. It's almost... Yeah, you just, I, I, I think you said it well, Josh. Rules of thumb, if that's a spark, good. Then it was useful. But if you make that your flame, you've totally missed it. If, if that is the extent of your planning, it's likely you're going to show up at 63 when there's very little time left to do anything about it and realize, oh, shoot, I'm not on track. Or 
I'm going to have to sacrifice some other areas because ultimately my body's wearing out or my industry is needing, I, I need to get, get out or, or whatever. Yeah. Are you going to end retire or end your working career and retire early because of a health concern, either your own or a loved one? You know, are you going to have people dependent upon you in retirement? All of these are those nuances or those things that customize your your retirement outlook and therefore needs to customize your savings pattern along the way. Yeah, and, and the answer to that question, am I saving enough, that is a financial planning question. Yeah. Because to me, I want to see about, okay, d- does someone have clarity on what th- what they're doing? And so my, my simple question is, is, okay, think Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Uh, too little, too much, just right, okay? Do you have, are you saving too little? Are you saving too much? Are you saving just right? Accumulation. Have you accumulated too much for retirement? Too little or just right? I don't think I've ever asked anyone that question without them saying, uh, just, yeah, I haven't saved enough. Mm-hmm. It, it, without it, without any kind of objective measurement, they're like, I haven't saved enough. It was interesting. I was just meeting with some folks and I asked them that question and they said, well, we had a number in mind. And we hit that number, but with inflation, um, it's the wrong number. Mm-hmm. Now they couldn't tell me why it was the wrong number. They were they, it was based on a sense. So what I would tell those, and if you're listening today, here's what I would encourage you to do: go online to your 401k. It probably has a calculator, and do the calculation and get your answer. <laughs> no, no sorry, I'm I'm sorry, Mike. I had to <coughs> that say that was it. facetious. Oh, no, you no, just... no. Don't because don't go online and get the answer from from your 401k because it's not going to be the right answer. It's not even going to be close. They should just take those down. They should be illegal. I knew I could get them going. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. it is bad. Because it, those online, it doesn't have your entire life factored in. It doesn't have other accounts factored in. It doesn't have Irma factored in, taxes factored in. It is just garbage. It's garbage. I, I don't disagree. There's one other variable that is probably worth mentioning here, and not just how much are you saving along the way, but where are you saving it as well? Because there's a difference between showing up at retirement and having a boatload of dollars in an already been taxed account, like a Roth IRA, or showing up and having it in your 401k, a traditional plan, where it is money that is yet to be taxed, yep. right? It, at the end of the day, how much money are you going to have available to actually live off of? And the question is, well, how much of your nest egg still is going to have a bite taken out of it because of taxes? If that's a small number, you don't need as large of a nest egg. If there's a whole bunch of IOUs to the government attached to your nest egg, it's got to be bigger just so that you have what you need when you get to retirement. Answering this question, how much you need to be saving. When you're in your 20s, it's habit building. But as you progress in your career and in your life, your CFP doing a five-factor retirement plan, five-factor retirement analysis as part of comprehensive financial planning, they will help you narrow in on what that, how much you should be saving. And, be saving. and then each year, as life changes, your life changes, the world around you changes, they will continue to update that to ensure that you're doing what it takes. Yeah, and, and just to... I, I'm telling you, as we sit in case class every Wednesday morning and I see the analysis work that is done by our team, it is amazing. It is inspiring. It is life-giving to the recipients of it to know for sure, hey, yes, you're in a good spot. No, you're not in a good spot. Now you know, hey, 
uh, now I know I need to do something and I can look at the potential solution. So it's it's really amazing if you have a certified financial planner who knows how to analyze these things and give you creative solutions. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, again, this is a comprehensive financial planning issue because it'd be it'd be one thing for a financial advisor to take a look and say, yeah, you're you're not saving enough. You need to double your savings. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I, I don't. Can I afford to do that? Or am I going to be racking up debt? Or am I going to have to sacrifice in some of the areas? You've got to look at all six areas of your financial life together. But certainly, as your CFP is doing that planning work, they will also add, we call them techniques, a, a an additional, well, if you were able to save X amount more, here's what your retirement plan would look like. Here's what the implications would be. That's what that's what Kevin is sharing. It is truly, it's truly powerful. So all right, we're, we're going to have to hustle here because there's uh, several other big areas of confusion that you've got to solve or get clarity on, get confidence on in order to, to be on track with retirement. So we're going to hit that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you have a plan for how you're going to optimize Social Security? Most people don't. They just just automatically, they just make a decision as soon as they're done working. They're going to turn on Social Security. That might be the right choice. It might not be. We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Talking about the biggest areas of confusion when planning for retirement or in retirement. We've talked about Medicare, and we weren't able to you know, tell you all the parts, plans, and everything, but we were sort of at a high level and then point you towards, well, this is how you demystify it. This is the process of turning it from an area of confusion to an area of confidence. Um, next, we talked about, well, how much should you be saving and how you can figure that out. The next area of confusion is right up there next to Medicare, and that is Social Security. The reason why we would say it, it's not as confusing as Medicare is really it's just a, a stream of income. And you might not fully understand, well, where they come up with a number and um, how can I influence that number? Um, but you should be asking, most people don't, when is the best time for me to draw it, to claim it, to turn it on? Most people don't ask that question. They draw it immediately. Many people look and say, well, I can start my Social Security at 62. So therefore, at 62, I'm cutting my hours and I'm turning on Social Security. Mm-hmm. That is that is the majority of people. That is, well, it's either that or it's, hey, I know my full retirement age is 66 and 10 months. So I'm going to work up to that point and turn on Social Security. Yep. That That is the level of analysis. Um, it, so my analysis is, is either I can start drawing at 62, therefore I retire at 62, or I, I can get the full amount unreduced at 66 and 10 months or whatever the number is. So I'm doing it then. Or at whatever age it is that you're going to retire, you think my last paycheck is on this day. I want Social Security to begin the next day. Right. And essentially, a, a lot of people just by default, they're linking the day they walk away from the paycheck to the day that they turn on Social Security. And those are two separate decisions. If you plan ahead, you may even, to to optimize Social Security, to get the very most benefit that you can throughout your lifetime, you may want to de-link those decisions. And well, to so optimize and minimize. You wanna optimize Social Security, but you wanna minimize what you pay in taxes 
over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can plan, you may be able to minimize the tax burden on either some highly appreciated assets that you have. Uh, you can you can pay zero capital gains if you do it right, yeah. and you could minimize over your lifetime. What do I pay on these retirement dollars that I've accumulated that have also accumulated an IOU along with them? So it might not be best to draw Social Security immediately. Yeah, if everything we just described sounds confusing, good. The, the point here is you need to understand before you just go marching into retirement or just sign up for Social Security at the same age that your neighbor did or your brother-in-law or whomever, um, y- you need to recognize that there are a lot of different rules on Social Security, and this is what makes it so confusing. Depending on what age you start Social Security, that's going to create rules on what kind of penalties you take or reductions you Um, endure because of starting early. Uh, It's going to change how much you're allowed to earn if you want to keep working part-time. It's based on your age and when you started drawing, that kind of thing. If you want to be able to maximize the amount of income that you get from Social Security, that is an age-based decision. It is a calculation that we can't know it with 100% certainty because we don't know how long you're going to live. But we can know with high confidence, though, based on statistics and family history and just a forecast of what you think or what you assume your lifespan will be, it is knowable how you can optimize your your Social Security benefits. But it's all about when do I start drawing, what kind of income am I going to have in in the meantime. And ultimately, this is linked. I, I know we've got another source of confusion coming up, and I'm going to leap ahead here, so forgive me, Mike, but um, your ability to have flexibility on when you draw your Social Security, a lot of it, it boils down to what kind of preparation did you do? What kind of resources have you set aside? What kind of investment assets could you live off of so that you can postpone your Social Security? Yep. So. Yep. Uh, so, in just real quick before we transition, this is we are not in the well. It's a one size fits all with Social Security. You have to delay as long as you possibly can. Absolutely not. Absolutely, you've got to look at your entire financial situation, all six areas of your financial life, and determine what the best drawing strategy is for you with Social Security. Not just take the, well, as soon as I'm done, I instantly turn it on, something like that. But you're right, Josh, this leads right into that next area of confusion. And and that is, how do you structure your investments in retirement or to either supplement Social Security or to provide income? How should you structure your investment strategies in retirement? That's one of the other biggest areas of confusion with retirement. Right. And and really, um, almost the most important thing, which you have no control over, is the sequence of returns. Because if you if you're if the first year of your, your retirement was two thousand eight, um, you are gonna be you're gonna your the, the plan that you've had all along is going to be challenged to actually pull off what it did. I remember in two thousand nine looking at financial plans and none of them worked based on what happened in two thousand eight. So I would I would want to make sure that I'm incredibly nimble. The interesting thing is if you're listening today, everything has changed in the last year and a half as far as what you can get 
on your money when you when you consider like fixed income. So the yields that you can get are coming up. Now the basket of goods and services that you need to buy that the price of that has gone up as well, but you the but you might not be impacted by the price of housing because you might be in the house you lived in for 30 years and you hope to live in it for another 30 years. Yeah. So not so the, you know the the basket of goods and services considered for inflation may or may not have as much of an impact on you. But for sure the sequence of returns and how your money is structured is incredibly important. And not only that, but also where is it it's structured? We talked about this in an earlier segment. Um, what is the taxability of your retirement nest egg? Is it Roth IRA money or is it traditional IRA money? This has an impact on your Social Security again, right? Because one of the reasons, so I'm bouncing back now to the other topic, your investments and your Social Security, they are linked to each other or they impact each other because the taxation of your Social Security, which is one of the biggest sources of confusion in retirement yeah. for many people, yeah. how is this thing taxed? Um, it's determined by your other sources of income. So Social Security, uh, is it taxable or isn't it? Well, it depends on your situation. Right. You, you may talk to your neighbor who says would swear and, and try to persuade you Social Security is not taxable because they haven't encountered any taxable years yet with it. But they could be coming. Yeah. It, it all depends on what kind of investment income and other income do you have coming in or retirement distributions that are taxable. All these things pile more income onto your tax return and can actually drive your income up to a threshold where now all of a sudden Social Security is becoming taxable to you. And it, it all has to do with how did you structure your nest egg and how are you drawing off of it? Your investment strategy in retirement, it, it is different than while you're working. It just is. And if I could just point to one common scenario, if you've experienced, you have, you've experienced bear markets or downturns or, or market corrections throughout your working career. And they might have been emotionally hard for you to, you know, just kind of muster through and all of that. But hopefully you kept contributing and, and you didn't make any big changes and you just, you know, were reminded this is for the long term. That first bear market in retirement, it's going to feel completely different than while you were working. And you're going to have this phrase that just pops up in your, in your head. I can't afford to retire if my investments perform this way. And you need a CFP who's talked to you about how you should adapt your investment strategy for retirement so that they can show to you and prove to you, no, 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 we've got it. We've, we've planned for this. We've planned for this volatility. We call that that investment structure, your personal pension plan, where the dollars you need in the short term are structured that way. The dollars you need in the intermediate term are structured that way. The dollars you won't touch for the long term are structured that way. And that your your dollars have that purpose and have that, that right risk tolerance. There's more we need to hit there, plus the biggest area of confusion. We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there. 
and uh, turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop a new episode as well as content that airs all throughout the work week as well. So go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show. Okay, we're talking about the biggest areas of confusion with retirement, either in retirement or as you're planning along the way. And gosh, if you've missed any of the of the episode so far, make sure you go back and check it out. But uh, just putting putting the wraps on it on this last one that that we were hitting um, your investment structure when you are in your 20s or 30s, you're not going to touch those dollars for the long term. And so while any volatility that you're going to experience every single year is can be nerve wracking. Well, the longer you give those investments time to recover, the greater the odds that they're going to be higher out there in the future. And I can't show you the graph right now, but from one year later, what are the odds that the market's going to be higher? Three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Past 10 years, the odds are unbelievable. It's like it's 100%, okay? Uh, I think even 10 years later, it's 98% likely that the investments are going to be higher. So when you're in your 20s and 30s, even 40s, you say, yeah, I'm just going to trust history and, and those averages. By the time you get to your late 50s or 60s, you might be thinking, I can't stomach these drops. I can't afford these drops. But there are still dollars that you won't be touching until you're in your 80s or 90s. And yes, it's true that you are also touching some dollars right now. So therefore, that personal pension plan aligns when you're going to need some of those dollars to the right risk level. And therefore, whether it's, you know, whether you're we're going to be entering into another 2008, another 2020, something like that, you should have confidence in your investment structure that you can ride through that volatility with 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 you know peace of mind. So your CFP should be helping you with all of that. All right, the second to last one, the last one's sort of the combination, the the biggest area of confusion. This one is linked to spending. I would say we don't get this question a lot, but it is a great source of confusion. And that is, how much will I be spending? What will my expenses look like out there in retirement? Yeah. And some of this is because maybe you've never really paused long enough to think about, okay, I, I know my spending patterns today, but what will be different about it when I get out to retirement? I'm, I'm not raising kids anymore. You know, maybe I, I've had some clients where they they dream of going from two vehicles down to one and it's, it doesn't work very often. I'll be honest, but it's like they, they want to simplify life and, and kind of streamline things and, and live frugally and, and things like that. But the reality is a lot of the patterns that you know today are still going to be in place. In fact, they'll be even stronger by the time you get to retirement. Um, some will change. Some expenses go away. Hopefully your mortgage is paid off. But that doesn't mean that suddenly you're spending nothing on housing, right? In fact, there's a there's a pretty interesting uh, resource out there uh, called the Guide to Retirement. This is something that is published on a regular basis by J.P. Morgan. They also have their Guide to uh, the the Markets as well. But there's some charts in here that show or they illustrate how people's spendings they, they change over time. And a lot of people are surprised by some of the expenses and how they're persistent into retirement. They don't go away necessarily. Yeah. I thought it was interesting also, the amount of money, the amount of your uh, working year's income that you need to replace for retirement 
it's higher when you're in a lower income situation as as opposed to a higher uh, a higher income amount. In other words, whatever you're spending right now, you may be spending something very similar to it in retirement if you're used to you know a, a lower income household. Um, there, there's less flexibility today, and you're going to need all of that same income out there in the future. In in other words, and again, you may be surprised on what you what you spend. But at the end of the day, you have to, depending on what age you are, you can either set yourself on a path and a game plan for retirement that says, I need to save the right amount of nest egg to be able to achieve the lifestyle I'm used to today, or you're already close to retirement and now it's the opposite. I have saved what I have saved. How do I make it last? This also is a function of, well, how much are you going to be spending? Because it is one of the most sensitive variables on your success rate in retirement. Yeah. And and ideally, you've got a budget laid out. Fantastic. If you don't, either way, your CFP is going to be able to help you with this. Oftentimes, and, and we've got to move on, but I would, I would base it, I would say it like this. Take your take-home spending today, because that's what you're spending right now, and then subtract out the things that aren't going to be there in retirement. So maybe a mortgage, maybe out of that take home, you're saving a thousand bucks a month, you know, maxing your Roth and your spouse's Roth, those sorts of things. So subtract out what won't be there and then add in what will be there. This is your health insurance. That's why at the very beginning of the show, we told you, you've got to be aware of Medicare way early on in retirement so that you can plan for what that expense is. Right now, you are likely not paying the full freight of your health insurance. You are likely not. And in retirement, you will. You've got to add that in as one of your expenses. You then need to add in taxes. Why? I'm paying taxes right now. They're going to be different. And right now, you're not budgeting for your taxes. It's just automatically being withheld. And you live on what's left. Not in retirement. You've got to be planning for that. Then you've got to add in things like vacation or other things that maybe you envision will be more of in your retirement. So, your CFP should help you with all that and then add an inflation component as well. Okay, guys, the the granddaddy of them all, the biggest area of confusion, the biggest question that we get with retirement, and it ties all of these other areas of confusion together. When can I be done? When can I retire? Yeah. That That is the greatest source of confusion. So how do, what's the planning process that answers that question and answers all of these other questions as well. You know, I, I want to de-link that question from a social security decision, because sometimes when people say, when can I retirement, when can I retire? They're literally asking, when am I allowed to retire? As if it's a government-based age or something. The, the government is only telling you when you are eligible for certain government benefits. They don't get to decide when you stop working. Ultimately, that boils down to when have you prepared yourself? When have you set yourself in a position where you can afford to walk away from a paycheck because you have other sources of income or other resources that are going to sustain you? They're going to help you uh, live the life that you wanted to. And to me, that is, that is essentially what the retirement planning process is all about. It is to help you decide at what age can I afford to step away? And when I do, what is the lifestyle I'll be able to, to hold? Where is my income going to come from? 
And um, ultimately, how do I structure my investments to be able to achieve that? What's the level of risk that I have? That kind of thing. And um, if you are a long way off from retirement, one of the, the other factors is just what pace do you need to be saving at along the way to make all of that achievable? If you're close to retirement, most of the work is done. And now it is just, um, am I at an age again where I can step aside confidently and not worry that I'm going to run out of money? What Josh just shared, you, you might have missed it. Those are the five factors of your retirement. And they're interrelated, meaning if you make a decision in one area, it's going to influence your choices in the other areas. What age do you want to be done? That, that is the question. When can I be done? Well, that depends. That's the first factor. It depends on, well, how much are you spending? What's your lifestyle going to look like? What are your income sources and how will you optimize Social Security? How much are you saving up for retirement and how much have you already saved up? And then how are those investments structured for risk? What are you, what's your risk tolerance? If you say, here's, here's an example, I want no risk in retirement, none. You might need to work longer. You might need to spend less. You might need to find other sources of income or save up more. If you say, I haven't saved up that much actually, here I am in my 60s and I've got a bunch of regrets because I needed to save more and I just couldn't. Life got in the way. Well, then you might need to work longer. You might need to find part-time income. You might need to spend less and we might need to start working on cutting that budget right now. Those are the five factors. And if you think about it, they bring clarity to all of the list of confusion that we just shared and all the other questions that you probably have as well. Your CFP helps you with that. They're going to talk through those five factors with you, build a plan, and then stress test that plan to ensure that you have the clarity and confidence that you can retire when you want to or in the way that you want to. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Two different yeah, but, conversations. And here's and and, and here's before why. I said the one year, I said your CFP will start will be explaining it to you along the way while they're while they're doing the plan. No, no, no. So, so some people need to hear things. So do you want to know the? the <laughs> do you do you want to know the other? Right around age fifty five. It's about ten years before retirement. <laughs> ten, no, you no, need no, things okay, repeated okay. for yourself. All right, all right. Listen, okay. oh, that's great. You guys great. are about as as funny as a rubber crutch. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.